You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. We're back in the saddle on Tuesday, December 13th, edging closer and closer to the Christmas New Year's break. Can't wait to have some time off here. Um, look, we, we got the big pick. We, we noted last week that we'd reserve judgment until um, the final picks were in place. There's still a couple more, but the last uh, major cabinet pick, Secretary of State, ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson. This is an utter disaster. I have no way of being diplomatic, no pun intended here. Um, I, there's just no way. It is a disastrous pick. It is the most random pick. He has all of the vices of a so-called outside-the-box pick, but none of the virtues. He is the embodiment of everything we've been fighting, particularly as it relates to the State Department and foreign policy, the global foreign policy elites, supposedly what Trump was elected to you know, get rid of. Um, and it, it's just an utter disaster. But before we delve into that, just want to encourage you guys, as always, to sign up for CRTV, just 99 bucks a year with no commercials. Um, you get Michelle Malkin. You get Mark Stein. Mark Levin, Steven Crowder. We're going to have some more. I also want to flag for you episode five of Malkin. Um, I come on as a guest to discuss the EB-5 visa scam, all these visa programs that violate our sovereignty and you know are not in our national interests. So CRTV, make this your one-stop shop. No need to turn on the porn channel, Fox News, or any of that other nonsense. Anyway, back to Rex Tillerson. Trump's most disastrous pick. What we have, the problem we have in this world, in domestic politics, certainly geopolitical affairs, we don't suffer from a managerial problem. The problem we have at the State Department is not a management crisis. It's a deep-rooted culture of moral relativism and America last instead of America first ideology. We have a moral and intellectual problem at the State Department that has persisted for decades. And, and, and that's the reality. This is an ideological problem with moral relativism. A lack of priorities. We have the Arabists in the State Department, the Muslim Brotherhood, the globalist mindset. And when I say globalist, I don't just mean the throwaway that some of the Trump cultists, uh, you know, use just to refer to anyone who has ever traveled the world or worked for a specific organization. I mean the entire mindset. What I mean is there are certain ways that normal people think and there's ways that the elitists think. Um, you know, the obsession with homosexuality, with transgenderism, with global warming, with common core. Um as it relates to the geopolitical theater, Israel and the Palestinians or the so-called Palestinians, if they actually existed as a distinct people, there's a certain way that they all think. And you're either with them or you're against them. 
And the problem is we want we want to be against them. We need someone with a strong ideological rudder to flush out the State Department, to stand up to the UN and EU bureaucrats, to stand up to them on refugees, to stand up to them on the so-called Palestinians, to stand up to them on the Muslim Brotherhood and the Arab Spring and all these ridiculous you know, Islamic civil wars that we get sucked into. That's what we need. That's an out-of-the-box pick. Now, what is an out-of-the-box pick? Does it mean someone who never worked in politics or policy or foreign policy? No, it means someone who is out of the box of that mentality. Now, as it relates to this elitist mindset, we all know we have the media. We have academia, entertainment, the nonprofits, the foundations. But I got news for you. There's another leg to that stool, and it's the most powerful leg, and that's the business community, the big business community. Now, I'm not one of these that's going to rail against business as an ends to itself like Bernie Sanders and some of the, ironically, some of the Trump supporters too, as populism as an ends to itself. We're all for free market capitalism, but there's just a reality that the politics of 90% of CEOs is terrible. They are the worst people around as it relates to politics. Now, a lot of it makes sense. It's born out of pragmatism. Being an ideological warrior for the Constitution, for American sovereignty, for America's security, that for American values, Judeo-Christian values, right? that works in, in the opposite direction. That is upstream from the countervailing forces you meet on the geopolitical stage. So if you want to run a multinational corpora- corporation like ExxonMobil, uh, you're going to keep your mouth shut about Israel. And in fact, you're going to support the Palestinian cause. You're going to support open borders, right? You're you not going to fight back against this stuff. You're going to be a fellow traveler on global warming. This is just how you are. You know, I'll never forget when Trump was criticizing North Carolina Republicans for fighting back against the transgender agenda. He said, look how bad it is for business. And that's exactly the point. So I hear a lot of people saying, man, Rex Tillerson, this is great. He's a, you know, not a politician, a businessman. And he look at what he brings to the table, impressive resume to show the world that he uh, knows how to run a business. Well, that's lovely. But um, what does that do for us? We don't know where the guy stands on anything except for being a, 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 a Putin poodle for Russia. But, you know, I, I want to address that for a moment. Everyone's focusing on Russia. And I feel too many people are just grabbed into this rabbit hole, both pro and con. So those that those on the right that evidently have a newfound affinity for Russia, that think that Russia is going to solve all our problems, we just need to kiss up to Putin. So they, they don't want to hear anything else. Oh, man, Tillerson's our guy. You know, and those like Lindsey Graham and John McCain who oppose uh Tillerson, they oppose him because, oh my gosh, he's close to Russia. And what I'm here saying is, wait a minute, this is the first guy we've ever nominated for a position like Secretary of State, where we don't know we don't know where he stands on any of the critical issues. Forget, forget about Russia for a moment. Now, I have my concerns about that. Put that aside for a moment. Where does he stand on Islam? Where does he stand on Iran, getting rid of the Iran deal? Where does he stand on our involvement in Iraq? in Syria, in Afghanistan? Where does he stand on refugees? Remember, refugees um, is very much within the purview of the State Department. They're the first line of defense. They're the first 
uh, they're the ones who really set it up. Eventually, it goes through DHS, then eventually through HHS, through the Office of Refugee Resettlement, when they actually resettle the people in our communities. But um, globally, the State Department's the gate the gatekeeper for that. Where does he stand on that? Where does he stand on Islam? This is what we need to know. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, because he's close to Putin, he's going to be an ally against radical Islam because Putin is. Well, first of all, that's not true because Putin is against Islam when it benefits him, but he's the biggest supporter of Iran when it benefits him as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm for America first. I'm not I don't think our foreign policy should be oriented towards being for Russia or against Russia. I do think they're a strategic ad- adversary, not a, not an ally. Um, but, you know, we, we shouldn't get involved in Syria on the side of Russia. We shouldn't get involved to oppose Russia. We should let them all kill each other. Put America first. But that is not what makes Tillerson tick. Now, let me just say from the onset, I can only speak to what I see and the mentality that these CEOs bring with them. And the little bit we can glean from some of his past involvements in his statements, that all has to come out. And it's a pretty big embarrassment that we don't know where the guy stands. I mean, let me tell you, this is probably the first secretary of state in 200 years that just was never involved in public policy. You know, it's it's kind of ridiculous. But anyway, there's a lot more than where you stand on Putin. We need to know. And here's the, here's the deal. If you don't know where someone stands on these issues, they will be bad. The, the gravitational pull, the inertia is only in one direction. You need a guy. You know what you need? You know, I, I know I've been critical of some of Trump's picks and obviously criti- critical of the Tillerson pick, but let, let me give an example of a good pick that everyone agreed to. Scott Pruitt, the Oklahoma Attorney General, to head the EPA. It's funny, you watch liberals say, what do you mean this guy hates the EPA? How could you appoint him to head the EPA? And we're like, that's exactly the point. You need a guy who hates the EPA as it is conceived, as it acts, the whole culture, the whole climate. You need climate change within the EPA. And he's the perfect guy to do it. But you know what? That's what we needed for the State Department. We needed an ideological rudder. We needed a guy who hates the State Department, who hates its culture. A guy who has a sense of right and wrong, not this corporate pragmatism to deal with the international players. We don't need a deal maker. We need a deal breaker. And when I say a deal breaker, I mean as the deals are currently constituted. We need a guy who opposes a Palestinian state out of both morality and America's interest. We need a guy who opposes funding the PLO. We need a guy who opposes refugee resettlement. We need a guy who opposes the Muslim Brotherhood and all their tentacles, meaning kissing up to Saudi Arabia, kissing up to Turkey, kissing up to um, to the, the, the Qataris. But no, this guy has dealings with not just Putin, but Saudi Arabia and Qatar. I mean, you know where these big oil men stand. And again, I'm, I'm all for the capitalism aspect. But as it relates to geopolitical affairs, they don't want to upset the Arabists. So this is a guy who is going to get taken in by the State Department culture, the pre-existing culture. And it was always bad, even during Republican administrations, certainly after eight years of Obama. I mean, nowhere has this been nowhere is there more of a need to bring in a, a septic vacuum than in the State Department. We have never had a good State Department, even during the Reagan years. We need a break from the Schultz, Baker, um, Rice, Powell, Gates mentality. 
of foreign policy. We need a break from it. And yet, they're all out there. James Baker, Condoleezza Rice, Robert Gates, saying this guy is great. Mitch McConnell's putting out statements. Bob Corker. And by the way, this guy is nothing but a Bob Corker with the pro-Russia ties. So that's what I'm trying to say. Some people might say, oh, well, he's going to reorient what we do towards Russia. You know, and they think that's a good thing. I think it's a bad thing. But at least he's out of the box. He's a businessman. No, this guy is cut from the same globalist, elitist, political foreign policy establishment mindset as all the other ones who are, except he has less experience and less knowledge. I mean, that's the only difference. This is devastating. I mean, the little we do know about him. So what, what do we know about him? He opposed sanctions to Russia. He said, oh, their sanctions are ineffective. Now, some people might say maybe we shouldn't have gotten involved that deeply in, you know, Crimea and and Ukraine. I mean, just to be clear, I'm, I'm a Russia hawk, but I don't think we should. I don't think Ukraine's the hill to die on. I mean, um, but but my issue is, is it only Russia or does this guy ideologically oppose upsetting the apple cart? Would he oppose reinstating the sanctions on Iran? Again, without evidence, I'm left to my own devices to think that this guy's mentality as an oil man, as a transnational corporate CEO, is not to upset the apple cart. He opposes sanctions. And certainly when you don't have a positive force in the administration, because you know um, Trump has been very wishy-washy on, on the Iran deal and even said during the debates he would not get rid of it, um, so it's not like... You know, he's going to be pressuring um, Tillerson. So where is he on Iran? Carbon tax. In 2009, Tillerson said he favors a carbon tax as the most efficient means of reflecting the cost of carbon in all economic decisions from investments made by companies to fuel their requirements to the product choices made by consumers. Really? Says a, cl- a climate tax guy. Now, you might say this is more for domestic policy, but... You know, keep in mind that global warming is viewed as the du jour issue of the international foreign policy establishment, the UN and the Europeans and everyone, all their climate conferences. So you need a strong opponent to this. Education. He wrote an op ed in 2013 in the Wall Street Journal defending Common Core. Now you might say, oh, well, that's for education. That's not for foreign policy. But again, you get a sense of a man's mindset. You know, Tony Perkins, the uh, head of Family Research Councils out there raising flags that this guy, so the other big thing Tillerson did was from 2010 to 2012, he was the president of the Boy Scouts. He was the guy under his watch that pushed, um, you know, the homosexual agenda. Are you starting to see a pattern? Homosexual agenda, common core. Um, sanctions, being an opposition to sanctions. By the way, he supports TPP. You know, that trade agreement. So this is the elitist globalist mindset that's endemic of, you know, all, all the Trump people, you know, blasted Goldman Sachs. Ironically, you now have. <laughs> but speaking of which, so you have, um, you know, Bannon as his chief of staff. He was from there. But, you know, legitimately love him or hate him. Bannon, you can't accuse him of being a global globalist. Um, but then you have Munchen, Treasury Secretary. Now you have Gary Cohn, one of the presidents from Goldman Sachs, who is going to be the chairman of the Economic Council. That's a cabinet-level position. It's a big deal. So this guy, Rex Tillerson, really represents the same mindset. Common core. Let me tell you something. 
open borders and refugee resettlement is the common core of foreign policy. Being for a Palestinian state and the so-called Palestinian cause, or brokering a peace deal with Israel and the Palestinians, is the common core. It's the global warming of geopolitical affairs. In other words, that is the established way of thinking. Everywhere you go, this is what these guys think. This is what the political community thinks, this is what the legal community thinks, and this is what the business community thinks. Anyone who's in a position of power, you have to think this way. So they say, oh, well, he's an impressive guy. You know, it's not politics as usual. He's an outsider. Let me tell you something. I experienced this when I was vetting House and Senate candidates for for conservative PACs, and we wanted warriors. So I get a lot of people say, oh, this guy's a businessman. And let me tell you, businessmen were the worst. Now, I don't want to stereotype because you could have, I, I hate when people just look at their resume. You know, you could have, a constitutionalist who's a businessman, you could have a horrible guy who's a businessman. You could have a constitutionalist who's a doctor, a horrible guy who's a doctor. Same thing for a lawyer. Right? The most important thing is not you, you know where you come from in the private sector or if you are in the private sector. If you had to create a pie graph of the most important qualities, it's ideology. I, I hate to be sound like a hack here, but ideology is the the biggest thing on the pie graph. All things equal, if you're one of us, if you're uh, passionate about the Constitution, passionate about American sovereignty, passionate about putting America's interests, security, and otherwise first, and totally overthrowing the existing mentality at the State Department and the international foreign policy institutions, then we could start assessing, well, do you have this quality? Do you have this managerial experience? Um, you know, Is there advantage to you having your ties from your your past business interests uh you know on, a, on an international stage but if you're only going to focus on that and you know overlooked ideology you're focusing on on the you know on on the sand and you're leaving the diamonds <laughs> that's that's ridiculous you know that, that that those are the tapestries but that that's not the main component of of what it takes for leadership and that's what I noticed when I looked for, for House candidates. We actually wanted insiders, so to speak. And I, I, I know we had this debate between Cruz and Trump you know, during the primary. A true insider is someone who subscribes to the gutter crappy mentality of the elites, even if you never step foot in politics. A true outsider is someone who actually was elected or worked in the political arena and fought back against it. So we always wanted guys that had legislative experience, either as a, a member of a state legislature, or um, he worked, you know, someone like me, worked as a media figure in conservative politics, conservative organizations, where he demonstrated courage in fighting back against the system. So you know he's one of us. But just these random guys, oh, I ran a successful businessman. Now I want another notch on my resume. I want to go into politics. I'm going to be different than politics as usual. And they had nice talking points, but they, they knew nothing. And they didn't have that ideological rudder. And when you know nothing and you don't have an ideological rudder, there's only one direction you can go. If you don't have a, a 500 horsepower motor to swim upstream, you're going downstream. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the thing. So I can only speculate where a guy like this stands based on what we know where he stands on some social issues, um, carbon tax, common core, opposition to sanctions. But I guarantee you 
This is not a guy who believes in his heart that he's going to shut down refugee resettlement, that he's going to oppose a Palestinian state, that he's going to support Israel's sovereignty over Judea and Samaria. He's going to cut off funding to, to Hamas and the PLO, get rid of the Muslim Brotherhood influence within the State Department and, and all of their you know, influence on foreign policy as it relates to Libya, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, everything. Turkey, obviously, Turkey is the Muslim Brotherhood. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to get rid of the Iran deal. Where does he stand on the New START Treaty with Russia that got rid of our nuclear arsenal? I'd like to know. I mean, these are questions. So we're going to have a piece. One of my deputies, I got a new guy, uh, Jordan Shackatel, um, new foreign policy writer, great guy, young up-and-coming guy. He's going to have a list of about 10 questions that need to be asked of him. We don't know. We don't know affirmatively where he stands, but I could tell you where he will land. I could tell you where he will beach, where his raft will get off on that beach, and that's downstream in the gutter. Because there's only one direction you could head. That's why we needed a guy like John Bolton. Now, I'm the first to tell you that John is a little bit more interventionist in Syria than I am. You know, the need to get involved. I've heard him on radio recently. I disagree. But the, but I got news for you. Any other pick would have the same vices as Bolton on that, but none of the virtues. Generally speaking, on almost everything else, he's with us ideologically. He's a hard worker. He understands the issues. That, that's why the Democrats just went berserk when Bush picked him as U.N. Uh, ambassador and they, they just scuttled his nomination because he would have he wanted to blow up the State Department. You want I want a guy who's going to come in and blow it up. And that's the thing, you know, Tillerson's not even a guy like a cutthroat type of businessman that comes in and just restructures an organization and just cuts the fad and gets rid of the dead weight. He's a guy who got to where he is by just cutting deals. That's what he is, a relationship guy. He's the last guy to come into the State Department or into any international platform at the UN with the Europeans, the Iran deal, and blow things up. And then, yes, I mean, the Russia thing on top of that is concerning, too. Um, you know, I'm sick of these false choices. By the way, just as, a, as another point, you have all, all this conservative radio um, whether it's Rush Limbaugh or Laura Ingram talking about, well, where are the Democrats? All of a sudden, they're anti-Putin. They're they're pro-Putin. Yes, that is true. Democrats are hypocrites. The media is hypocrites. But the fact that the left was became the bootlickers and the rear end kissers of of Russia doesn't mean that it's okay if we do it because they did it. How about none of the above? How about we don't do any of that? How about we put America first? How about we're not pro-Syrian rebels, nor are we pro-Assad or pro-Russia? We're anti all of them. When they get in our way, we'll fight them. When, when they're in the way of each other, let them fight each other. If our strategic interests overlap with Russia here or there, they'll overlap. Where they don't overlap, we'll oppose them. But we don't need to become allies with them. That's nonsense. That's utter nonsense. I just, where's the intellectual honesty? And this is a problem not just with Russia, just in general. A lot of things Trump's doing, everything is the hypocrisy. I know we spoke about this a lot during the primary during and during the general election, that it was okay to support all the bad things Trump did because the left did them. Well, how about we strive for something better? 
criticize the left, criticize the Democrats, call them out, call the media out for their hypocrisy, but then actually focus on what we should be doing affirmatively. So I know we're going to get caught into this false choice. Well, are you with Trump and the anti-establishment supporting Tillerson? Or are you with Lindsey Graham and John McCain who oppose him and and, and Marco Rubio? Well, yeah, they oppose him for their reasons because they're anti-Russia. Some of it I agree with. But I got news for you. You know who else supports um, Tillerson? James Baker, Condi Rice, um, Robert Gates, Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, Bob Corker. The irony is all of these kind of like alt-right type of Trump guys um, that would have totally dissed Bob Corker if he was the nominee, they support Tillerson. And the funny thing is, there is no difference between the two of them. They're cut from the same cloth, except that Tillerson has no experience, knows less, and is more pro-Russia than even than even Corker is, which is hard to get. But, um, you know, this is the mindset. This is this outsider versus insider nonsense. And this is the problem with all these businessmen that he brought in, Treasury, for commerce, for labor. Oh, they're they're so good at running businesses. We don't have a managerial problem in government, in politics. We have a moral clarity problem. You know, I'm all for picking an outside outside. I'm all for picking someone that doesn't have political experience, so to speak. If A, they know what the hell they're talking about and they, they understand the issues, and B, they're on the right side of the issues. So let me say this. I am all for picking Andy McCarthy as Secretary of State. <laughs> that guy knows more than any of these people. He's on the right side, even though he doesn't have the traditional resume and you know never served in the State Department or something like that. But he's brilliant, and he's brilliant in all the right ways. Truly anti-establishment. Truly anti-globalist in a meaningful way truly a constitutional conservative you know but obviously of all the realistic picks john bolton was the best um best of the lot i mean heck yours truly i've never had a real job in my life i'll say it straight out i mean i've worked in politics am i a loser am i a insider and rex tillerson's the outsider because i never ran a business much less a multinational one of the biggest corporations around that's very impressive But the most important thing is an ideological compass, knowing where the bodies are buried, knowing the issues, understanding the policy and getting it right and having that ideological rudder to push for what is right, understanding that this Palestinian cause is immoral, understanding that the um, Muslim Brotherhood is part of the problem, understanding that open borders is a problem. If you don't come in with that mentality, even if you're neutral – You'll be you'll wind up downstream on the wrong side of every issue. And I and my, I suspect we'll find out more that this guy is not very neutral and is on the wrong side of many of these issues, as we've already seen from many things. So there you have it, folks. As always, here at the conservative conscience, we're about the Constitution and we're about common sense. We, we look beyond the talking points, and you're not going to hear this anywhere else. You're going to hear just the endless debate over Russia, but you're not going to hear this other stuff. You know, it's not about whether he's pro-Russia or not. It's it's basically he's James Baker, Bob Corker, Condi Rice, Robert Gates. We wanted a break from this. We wanted someone who is going to come in and shake up the foreign policy establishment. This guy is not the choice. He must be defeated. 
Um, you, you know, look, maybe some people tell me this is a grand scheme to put him up as a straw man and we'll get Bolton or B- Bolton will be deputy. But th- this is not where we should head. This is th- this is this is an utter disaster. You know, one of the things I was saying all along is that we're going to get fiscal liberalism from Trump, but at least we'll benefit on foreign policy and national security. Well, if this guy gets in there, I'm not so sure about that. Anyway, we'll have more on this as the week unfolds. We have a lot of other um, exciting content on how Trump can and should, if he cared to do so, flush out the executive branch. Um, I have a good paper coming out on the ability of him to fire even the tenured officials constitutional arguments the political arguments for that we're gonna have a lot of other good info as always thanks for tuning in and by the way i just have to give you one more note we have a new sponsor the freedom fest it's an annual event known as the world's largest gathering of free minds think of a trade show for liberty in other words an event where people will not push a carbon tax like rex tillerson it's going to be held july 19th to july 22nd of this year at the paris resort in vegas it's their 10th anniversary go to freedomfest.com get your early bird special now through crtv so use promo code crtv hundred dollars off freedomfest.com You'll, you'll just meet great minds. Some of the people are a little bit more libertarian than I am, but this is more economic policy, so we're all on the same side. Good group, of, good good group there. Good bunch of uh, folks. Um, I'll hopefully be able to make it out there, but if not, you know, um, definitely, definitely use promo code CRTV. Get your early reservation. We're going to continue having solid sponsors and like i said anyone who supports us well you should support them as well because conservative review is out of the box conservative conscience is out of the box constitutionalism common sense that's what we're about god bless and thanks for listening